0: on today's phoenix magazine podcast we are on location at kitsune brewing in north phoenix one of if not the friendliest guys in the entire arizona beer scene owner tyler smith opened uh kitsune last october near 32nd street in bell after a few years of contract brewing at simple machine he is spot on with the flavors and aromas and can be outrageous at times in a good way with the styles of beers he's creating. Now he has a beautiful inviting spot of his own and he was kind enough to have Johan and I pay him a visit for a few samples and a really fun conversation. Phoenix Magazine Podcast is on location, Johan. Right. It's great to be in North Phoenix. It's it's a craft beer destination now. It is now, yeah. Um, so we're here at Kitsune Brewing. Did I say that right, Tyler? Yes, you did. We're here First with the team. owner and brewer, Tyler Smith, Kitsune Brewing Company, 32nd Street and Bell. Beautiful location. Congrats on on this location. You guys just opened up in October. What's it been like being a being a brand new brewery owner? I mean, it still smells like brand new brewery in here, right? Johan?
1: Uh, yeah. If that's if that's what the smell is, I guess thank you. (laughs) Um no, things have been great here, man. It's been uh it's been a real pleasure. The community has just come out amazingly. We have um housing behind us and then we have people who like every Friday like, oh, we walk over to the brewery, like this is our spot now. Um so it's been really cool to be able to come back to the community and really be a place where people the area and people who travel to can just feel like they can come whenever
0: dude that's always the best thing about having a brewery in your neighborhood is when you can walk there maybe take a bike ride up there um it just makes you feel more at home when you have that kind of home field brewery just right around the corner
2: yeah no absolutely for for uh us being in the east valley i mean we have a lot of that so it's cool to see the north valley start to really grow in, in that way um what you so you started brewing out of simple machines space tell us a little bit about how that like that whole process went like how'd you get hooked up with them and then how did that help you sort of grow into your own space
1: yeah so um originally the idea was i was gonna move back to phoenix i lived in portland for a bit i moved back to phoenix and we were gonna open up this brewery um and as we started kind of rolling things out um we thought we were okay we're ready we're ready and then covet hit so i was like oh thank god like we didn't Pull the trigger uh, but also thank god that people out there did pull the trigger like simple machines so um i had done a i did a uh collab with a brewery out in virginia called the answer um when they came uh they did the black is beautiful beer um weathered souls out of texas had this huge program and all these breweries across the world brewed this beer black is beautiful uh and so i reached out to marshall and i said hey man you know i live right in the area like i'd love for a brewery in my area to do this as well and he was like absolutely so that was my first initial um contact with the cats at simple machine was having that conversation with marshall we ended up brewing the beer and uh through that time he realized what i wanted to do i wanted to open my own space and what's cool about the brewing community is it's unlike any other like even though one day we could possibly competition he is he was more than happy to like bring me in mentor me and figure out like okay this is how this world works like there's a lot of craziness and there's a lot of things that you think you might know that you don't. And so he really helped me kind of get to where I needed to be. Um, I bought several fermenters that I actually put in that simple machine to not impede on their production. So I was able to get a lot of cool stuff out my time there. Uh, and yeah, so we did that for a year and a half. And then finally we were able to pull the trigger on this space. And I'm so glad I did it that way. Yeah, it really helped.
0: No, that's a, that's an amazing story. I remember reading a story, um, you know, looking at, uh when when you guys first opened, I think Marshall was quoted as saying you were outrageous as a brewer and it reminded him of a lot of himself when he you know when he was getting into it. Is that kind of your style or what what would you say is like your brewing philosophy or style? Or do you do you try to be outrageous? Do you try
1: to be true to style? Um so there's always beers that you gotta be true to style with. Like so there there's those staples that people are going to come in, you know, when you start messing with like German lagers, like there's certain things you don't touch and you just kind of, you know, try to do your best to pay homage to the people who came before you. Um, but there are other beers that are kind of newer and funner styles where it's just like, dude, let's just throw something at the wall and see what sticks. And so we've been playing a lot of crazy stuff with our sours. Um, just, you know, we did a like a beer that was gray. We called it Dirty Snowflake. It was coconut and vanilla. Um, like our hazies too. We just, you know, try all these different types of hot combinations. And what's great is that everyone in Arizona, like when you start looking at those types of styles, like people are doing some amazing stuff and we're just, you know, right now we're a footnote. but hopefully we can be known as, you know, some of those cats out there who are doing some great things with the styles that people know and bringing them to the next level.
2: I like that. I think, you know, to, to me, there's like two categories of breweries. There's the super true to style they make traditional stuff and they do it really really well and then there's the the creative ones and the creative ones tend for me tend to be more exciting to visit because you never know what they're gonna have and you're gonna try all these different things uh but then the traditional ones i mean are you know super reliable and you just love i mean you know you you go to a uh a german brewery in germany and they're you know kind of uh limited by their you know purity law and all that stuff although i know it's starting to loosen up a bit but you know you're going to drink terrific beer and so it's fun to to see the creative guys i mean i I remember when wilderness opened it was like they were doing all this crazy stuff and it was fun to to visit them so what what do you think right now is your like craziest
1: beer that you have on tap on tap right now, um, unfortunately, we we just sold out of the beer that I'd consider the craziest okay. or, not, or one of the craziest. We did a beer called Bantha Milk, which I was like a uh, blue raspberry sour. Um, and it was awesome. People totally dug it. And um, because they dug it, it sells out really quickly. But um, I mean, right now we pretty much have like standard styles on right now like but i mean like we just came out a, a beer called ramen and oj which is an all mosaic but the way we brewed it was what i thought was pretty cool is like you get so much citrus and orange in that beer that it almost looks and tastes just like orange juice it's crazy um yeah, so, I had
0: that at Copper State Beer Fest as my my sample from the the Kitsune tent, man. It was
1: it was outrageous and it was great. Um, so why is it ramen in OJ? So so the ramen part comes from so the the plan is for us to open a ramen shop and we were actually going to be doing a a ramen pop-up um, during the during for the release of this beer, um, but unfortunately the person that we were uh, partnering with, they had a family emergency but the beer still slapped, So we were were like, we still gotta come out with this because the beer tastes so good. I love it. Uh, So the idea was that it was, um, so it's also um, the name of a song um, that we kind of (laughs) nicked. But uh, (laughs) the idea was to do the pop-up and release the beer at the same time. didn't happen unfortunately but the beer still came out yeah pretty good
0: that's awesome so the the ramen influence behind it you you you, um anyone who's kind of known your store you've kind of wanted to build that as part of the brewery right and you have a space next door that is not occupied right and it's kind of your goal is that still kind of in the future plans is to, to look at that
1: yeah so we um the we rented a spot that has two empty suites next to us for the hope that we were going to be successful enough one day to expand into one of those to open up a ramen shop um during my travels to japan um i'll never forget the first time i had a spicy bullet and katsu ramen with a like a one of their local craft ipas and it was just the most stellar combination and i was like man no one no one's really doing that up here where it's like that, you know, like a brewery, people are making ramen, people are making beer, but no one's opening a brewery ramen shop, um, yeah. which is like, uh, you know, there's, you know, maybe there's a niche to be filled and we'll find out once we finally do it, if that was a great idea or not. But the way it stands now is, you know, when I'm at home and I have a bowl of ramen, like nothing's better than like a nice hazy IPA to go. Down
2: mm-hmm.
1: with it. I mean,
2: I'm, I'm under the, uh, I, I have the philosophy that beer goes with every, every kind of food. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. And yeah, I mean, you have, you know, beer, barbecue, you have beer and like American pub food, you have beer and, and pizza, you have like all all these kind of very typical combinations, but I haven't seen a beer and ramen. So I'm super excited. Hopefully, hopefully that happens sooner than later. That's really cool.
0: Does Phoenix have a lot of good ramen spots? I know we write about a couple of them in the magazine, but have you experienced any kind of like these, these are the must visits?
1: So for me, the best one that I've been to is called Origami down in Chandler. They're doing some really awesome stuff there um you know there was a spot up in scottsdale called cold Saki hot noodles that was doing some amazing stuff unfortunately they're no longer open uh you know to me even if like you're like hey we're doing cup of noodle maruchin like as long as you're trying to even to elevate that even a little bit, like make it your own. And that's, you know, there's a lot of cool places here in Phoenix who are, you know, some are not as traditional, just like with breweries, right? People are doing some different stuff with ramen, people are doing stuff with different types of restaurants. Um, my whole thing is just try everybody. Like yeah. someone has, everyone has something to offer. It might not always be your shtick, but like you gotta appreciate the people that are in the game doing doing different things. And
0: always go back for a second try. If you don't like it the first time, give it a second try, yeah. right? If, if
2: someone was, uh, you said cup of noodles, uh, if someone wanted to take a cup of noodles at home, you know, those like 15 cent whatever things, and they wanted to elevate it, what would you say is like the, give, give us a little tip on how to elevate a plain old cup of noodles?
1: Dude, yeah. So you could even like broil some chicken to cut up in there. And if you can, one of the things that I really like doing is taking some. Uh, Japanese red pepper flake and uh, put into some garlic and a little bit of oil in a pan and then just even just pouring that right on top of it changes the entire game with yeah. the bowl uh, I mean the uh, instead of using water use chicken stock like there's just little things you can do to elevate you know those those little fifty cent I love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, it sounds
0: like you might have do you have any kind of culinary expertise in your background? Because oh you were God. you were saying you 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 worked in the corporate world for a long time and then opened the brewery. What's your what's your culinary experience like? Zero. A okay. lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of
1: tears in the kitchen. Um yeah. a lot of, you know, trial and error trying to figure it out. Um being I you know, I would never call myself trained, but being taught, like trained to me was like someone was like I was in there day in and day out just getting it in but like me is like i was taught how to like do this process of ramen from a cat in japan and um i always tell people they're like oh i would love your ramen broth recipe i'm like i'll give it to you i'm like it's not it's not a hard process it's a time intensive process you're not going to spend three days making your broth like i am so go ahead and take it like it's the same thing like with brewing. Would yeah. you rather just go to the store and make a beer or would you rather spend three weeks making one in the back? We all, <laughs> you know, make those decisions. Yeah. Um, so a lot of trial and error, a lot of, you know, learning from people who have who've done it for a while and have done it really well, and then not cutting corners um, to try to, you know, save time or whatever, just to do it the right way. Kind of the same thing with brewing. Do it the right totally. way and it's going to come out totally. good every time.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm excited now. I, are you um Are you a fan of Clever Koi at all, or so? Yeah. What are your thoughts on Clever so, Koi? Because that's Koi, the one right by
1: my house, so and, I and they have it. Clever Ramen now too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clever Koi is a staple, man. I mean, you, you can't. You know, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Their food is always good, and so when they when they came hardcore to the ramen space, it was a no brainer to me. Like, yeah. you know, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because uh, people always bring up Clever Koi to me as well, and I'm like. Yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, so, y- your time in Japan, what's craft beer like there? Is it because my my experience is um, somebody. Brought back from the Winter Olympics, and I know it's a different country, but uh South Korea brought back like this rice milky i don 't know if it was a lager or something, but it was terrible in my opinion, <laughs> but that's what they like there what's what's japan
1: like so Japan so a lot of times when people think of like countries like that that are rooted in a lot of history that there has to be like a deep history of every industry and so like with fermentation and stuff like that like japan's history of fermentation is like soy sauce is like you know um sake it's not really beer now you have Mm -hmm. your asahis you have your you know big name breweries but as far as like a micro brewery movement like that didn't become a thing until like the 90s and so there's a lot of new breweries coming up trying some new things in japan so to your point like so i've been to seoul i've been to south korea I am aware of the drink you're talking about. Yeah. I wouldn't even, I don't know if I'd call it beer. It's, I mean, it's just an unfiltered yeah, I wasn't fermented sure to, yeah, thing. But, I wasn't sure to call it beer either. <laughs> but it's like almost creamy. It's weird. I, I don't know what it's called, but yeah. Um, but no, the like. It's the a shock the, to the system is there what it you is. call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, the Japanese uh, beers that are coming out are have just been, like you have a lot of people like from Germany coming over and training some of the, the new breweries coming up there's a guy who used to live in portland who owns uh tokyo ale works or works at tokyo ale works he's from pdx um so you have a lot of american and western influence coming in the beer culture there and you're seeing that with like, like yeah. they sell west coast ipas like who's west coast well mm-hmm. it's probably not nigata it's probably yeah portland <laughs> yeah,
0: <sure. laughs> Por- portland beer any good in your opinion Yes, I mean. What's I mean, your What's your go to?
1: So great notion. So great notion Brewery yeah. out of Portland. Um, I was I lived there when they were brand new, first yeah. opened. Um, you know, during the time I lived in Portland, I me and a buddy of mine like did a beer Instagram to try to get free beer, basically. And so we interviewed them like before they even opened. So to see how they've grown in the last you know six seven years, has just been absolutely insane. Um, but Great Notion has a place near and dear to my heart because that was like the first brand new brewery that i ever went to that like no one had had before and i was like this place is gonna freaking kill it and yeah. then to see that they are it's like oh
0: that's so awesome. you always say man i was the f- one of the first ones in there right. i knew about that before anyone else i'm so
1: hip and cool I've, I've, <laughs> I've
2: been to three breweries in portland and uh it's uh breakside. oh great brewery. incredible probably the best mac and cheese i've ever had nice uh uh, Cascade. If you like sours, Cascade is just like legendary. And then uh, Stormbreaker. Oh, yeah. Super good beer there, too. So any of those? I've, I've had I've had nothing but positive experiences in Portland for beer.
0: Any of that? You know, living there and obviously a great hub of craft beer. Any of that kind of influence what you're doing here at Kitsune?
1: Dude, yeah. So um, Fort George um, up in Astoria, they do an event called Festival of Dark Arts, which is a stout festival. And I, we, we would go, I've been twice now. And like, when you go there, there's like 60 different stouts to try. And so to be able to run that gamut, to, to taste, you know, all this stuff, like when we were making our Imperial stouts and we were making our adjuncted stouts, it was like, okay, what do I remember from up there where people like what people were doing? Because there was such amazing dark beer up there. And I'm a huge fan of that. I believe it's stout season all year long. Like, don't I mean, I'm not going to sit in the pool and drink a 12 percent stout by any means. That's that sounds like a rough day, but um, maybe in the evening. Uh, But no, I like Fort George is doing some just amazing stuff. And they, you know, they were little for years and they've just blown up. And um, they're just doing a lot of amazing work with different collaborations they do every year and different festivals. And they've really shown to me how like a brewery could branch out into not just serving beer, but what type of impact can we make on the community and yeah. the beer culture? And they're doing some really cool stuff with that. That's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. And you've kind of
0: designed this this space really to be inclusive and with like uh, handicapped access. And, and I was like, what, what kind of makes Kitsune unique for the Phoenix area?
1: So one of the things that I really pride myself on is the idea of inclusivity. It's like, Hey, Beers for everybody. Everyone's welcome, and not saying that anyone has said otherwise. Oh, beer's not for you, but the idea is like, what does that access look like? So one of the cool things that we did here was, um, we created a, a bar that is wheelchair accessible. So you, uh, someone in a wheelchair can come to our brewery instead of the bar with everyone else, no different, you know. And that was something that was important to me. It's like, I never wanted people to feel like they were an afterthought. And so when we built this space and we left it open, we have you know wide walkways we have you know we try to do things that made it appear that hey no matter what walk of life you're part of no matter where you stand or you know don't stand you're in a wheelchair like we thought of you and we wanted to make sure that we that you felt that way when you came in that's awesome i love that i love that
0: um and you kind of have a, a good story that i well known but you guys got a uh, kickstarter um helped you out uh, is that is that the way to go, or is there, um, like, unintended, like, hidden things that you might not know about oh my for, pe- for people wondering?
1: Yeah, so Kickstarter is um, a double-edged sword, blessed and cursed type of situation. Um, it, it's a really cool way for you to hopefully get your name out there. Um, the thing about Kickstarter, though, is that you have to have your name out there a little bit before. I mean, a lot of the Kickstarters fail because there's no, you know, market yet because they don't know who you are what you're doing right um so the only main reason i believe my kickstarter worked is because of what i did with simple machine i was able to get my beer out there people knew kitsune before we launched the kickstarter um and then i also um i'll be honest with you i pretty much copied megan greenwood's kickstarter like rewards and stuff she's an amazing brewer owner great person all around um and i always saw am like you're the reason why. You're you're the reason that I did well, and you're also the reason I have the headache of getting some of these rewards out. But I appreciate you on both ends. Um, But no, that's the the hidden part about it is, you do all this work, you get them, you know, you get all these pledges. Kickstarter obviously takes a rather larger chunk than you feel comfortable with, (laughs) And and then it's like fulfilling the rewards. Yeah, like thankfully we had a lot of rewards that were brewery. Um, forward like mug club like there wasn't much I had to do with mug club you know we had shirts we were making shirts anyway so sending them out wasn't a big deal Um, but like as time goes on I don't care how prepared you are like stuff while they fall through the cracks vendors will um, disappear on you and so now you're playing this like I'm opening a business and I'm having to you know hunt down a new vendor for something I thought was already done and now I got to start almost all over. So my only suggestion for Kickstarter would be like, if you're doing rewards or when you're doing rewards, make it something that is so easy and seamless. Yeah. Um, something that you probably are already planning on doing. Um, and that way uh, fulfilling. It's a lot easier. Nice. Yeah. When you start rolling out, it's, it becomes cumbersome.
0: Is that what the, uh, the founders list is on the side there? So,
1: yeah. So this is the founders wall on the side here. That was a, uh, one of the, one of the Kickstarter um, rewards was, it was like uh, mug club and founder's wall or you could pay extra just to be on the founder's wall Uh, but like even that was like we had one company who was doing it and then like when i thought it was going to be when i thought it was going to be done they're like oh we don't do those anymore i'm like you said i knew it was going to take two months but you could have told a brother like a month ago (laughs) we weren't doing it uh but thankfully you know with some of the you know vendors that we've used with other things like oh we do those so we were able to pivot but yeah very cool.
2: Um, any plans for distribution in the future or anything like that?
1: Yeah. So right now we actually are distributing a little bit. Um, oh yeah? We're in a more of a come to us, not come to you situation right now where it's like, Hey, I'm, if we have the beer, the allocation to, to get some stuff out of here, like come grab it if you're a, a bottle shop. And we actually have a few bottle shops that are more than happy to do that. We just don't have the capacity right now to right. be driving around all of Phoenix to, to be distributing which which fortunately and unfortunately like we don't we don't need it our sales have been really great um like we can sell it in house but i also understand like to the cats on the east side you know how do we how do we let them know we're there well we need to go to bottle shop 48 we need to go to you know sleepy whale we need to sh- get the, our name in front of those guys yeah and so that's the the bad part about it is we don't have the capacity to make those trips you know weekly right uh, but thankfully uh we're, we're starting to get the distribution channels back open you're staying
0: busy enough here pouring your own beer here it's never a bad problem right
1: right no and that's the thing right so it's been we've like i said earlier the community has just been absolutely unreal um and you know the only way to keep growing and being better and get stuff out there is to grow that community so thankfully we do have the people here to to sell the beer but we got to get all corners of that phoenix it, market we,
0: we touched on it on the very top but north phoenix is now this craft beer destination with you know lake pleasant opening recently and fire and fury and simple machine and front porch have been here for a while and now kitsune and um there's probably some i'm missing but like was that always kind of the goal to be in this area or once you saw that starting to explode I'm like oh, I gotta be a part of that,
1: no, so it always was the plan to be up here. this is these are my okay. stomping grounds, like I grew up on the north side i you know my brewery, I feel like i'm I'm a townie, my brewery is a mile away from where I went to high school. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, I, my parents are 10 minutes away from the house I grew up in. From you the see brewery. former teachers come in here a lot. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, do you? Yeah, and, no. I, and just regular teachers are like, thank God it's Friday. I'm yeah. Like, That's right. <laughs> um, so it was always my plan to do something on the north side anyway. And then once these places started popping up, um, it became very apparent that that was the right decision because we're close enough to, like, the further north, guys, but further far enough away that we're not, you know, yeah. it's a it's a mutual love. Because if you come oh. up on this side, the hope is you hit them all. Yep. Type of mentality. For sure. I
2: mean, Scottsdale to you know Lake Pleasant or Front Porch can be a bit of a hike, but Scottsdale right. to here is five ten minutes max, right? We, like right, really easy to get to. I
1: mean, so. we're a mile off the 51 in Bell. Like the 51 is such a centralized freeway. Totally. I mean, it's such a. I mean, now that we're talking. Infrastructure, like the the freeway here in Phoenix, is so dope because it literally cuts through, like yeah. the center of everything. And so, getting to us is not yeah. an issue for a lot of people. It, it
0: might be the easiest one to get to, to be honest. From uh, just getting off of a freeway, yeah, boom, you're right there. Well, now hundred mile too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah Sue's doing some awesome yeah, stuff over yeah. there.
0: So,
2: no, I mean, you, in this, you, in this you area, to, you're yeah. part of like such a cool group of brand new you know within the last let's say six months breweries uh it's it's so cool to see even more you know we i remember a year ago two years ago we're like oh wow the phoenix brewing scene has like blown up so much and it just keeps going and it's awesome it and Really I, like, does bring them on more
1: well and that's <laughs> the thing i you know i've heard some comments like oh oversaturation and i i think i don't think people realize like what other cities look like yeah like we have 120 130 breweries in Arizona, like. how many they have in socal like we're uh, the
2: fifth largest (laughs) city in the country so like right like from a population perspective there's plenty of business for all of those breweries 100 like you go to san diego and they have twice as many breweries and they don't have as many people so right <laughs> so, i actually <laughs>
0: talked to one of the guys um pariah brewing they moved out of san diego into maryland because Ooh. like san diego was so they, they said it was oversaturation in san diego they're like we're doing way better in maryland
2: well and as a small brewery it's so hard to stand out in san diego right. because you're being overshadowed by stone and modern times and you know Coronado and like all these breweries that are huge. Right. That's where everybody's going, and so if you're a small, brand new brewery in San Diego to stand out, like that's that's a tough bill to
1: no to pay. One hundred percent. And what's cool about Arizona is that Arizona isn't known as a brewery destination state. Yeah. But we are putting out some of the best beer in the country. Like one hundred percent. You know, Ren House just won their gold medal for fest beer. Like that's a german style lager you can't hide anything like don't tell me there aren't breweries out here doing just awesome ridiculous stuff because there really is and the more that we keep talking about and the more that we get these quality breweries opening yeah oh i can't phoenix arizona is going to be dope
2: are you uh, are you planning on submitting to like GABF or you know shameless plug
1: Arizona Craft Beer Awards or anything like that? Like, are <laughs> that you... is
0: why we're here? No, hundred percent. So. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, because you guys guaranteed me a gold if I did this. So no, thank- nah. nah, joking, <laughs> joking. Um, yeah, so you know uh, we've talked about it. It's you know you play one of those. Cards and it's probably more protecting yourself than you think, oh, we don't need the awards. Like we're we think we make good beer, we don't need someone to tell us. But at the same time, it's like I'm only saying that because I don't want to lose, you know, that yeah. type of thing. So, you know, we're we have been making some beers that we're really proud of, like Shua Shua Rice Lager um is a beer we're really proud of. And I think it would be a good idea for us to be able to submit those things so that we can get true judge feedback. Like, sure, we have people who come in the brewery who love the beer and stuff like that, but What are those tasting notes that you think this is missing that's, you know, on an actual graded scale and not just someone's whim? Um, And so, you know, I hope to. Um, We got to kind of dial it in to figure out which ones that we really want to keep consistent and go forward with. But I think in the future, that's definitely. I mean, it's
2: something, it's definitely definitely something we are uh, focused on doing. And I know the guild is too in making our awards, the Arizona Craft Beer Awards, that is making sure that whether you win or not you're getting feedback that helps you do something actionable feedback that's going to help you either improve your beer or if you don't want to improve your beer i mean if you don't want to follow that feedback you don't have to but you're getting something right from you know judges who range from you know very experienced bjcp gabf judges all the way up to people who have never judged before and are trying it for the first time so um that's really what we're hoping we can kind of maintain into the future is making sure you're getting more you know actionable tasting and notes there's some and judges not that can
0: tell that no it, it might whatever. just there's some judges that can tell that this was a clear packaging issue you know and that may not come through as when you're brewing obviously but oh man this was packaged weird and you know it's all that all that detail that fine detail that goes right. into it right
1: yeah no it's um you know we've we've had issues before not issues in like it's always it's rampant but like one time when we were i was canning at simple machine and um it was like every sixth seal was like screwing up. And I get a call one day, or not a call, I got a message on untapped, it's like, oh, this was undercarbed. And I was like, there's no way that was undercarbed. I was like, hey, like, can I see the like did you take a picture of me? He's like, Yeah. And you could see like the black, like a brown ring around the lid. And it was like, oh shit, like it was leaking. And so like when you get feedback like that, it makes you go back and you know look at your equipment and say yeah. oh, this you know xyz oh my gosh like i could have done another hundred thousand cans and not you know because you said something i was able to go back and rectify no. it so it's just some best time i like that feedback yeah that's sure awesome. totally. you've been
0: you've been homebrewing for a long time before professionally brewing what was the first beer you ever made and what? Uh, this probably wasn't your best beer, but what was the, the best beer or your first best beer you ever made? So the first
1: beer I ever made was a raspberry wheat ale, and like I'll never forget. I was I remember bottling what it in the kitchen. Sucker
2: for punishment.
1: Oh man. my gosh! Well, then it was like, I drank it. I was like, oh yeah i'm like i can't wait to share this with everybody and like in hindsight i'm like that beer was trash <laughs> that was so, not good
2: at all <laughs> i really relate to this because i just started home brewing in november and i made this uh this dark ale uh and i split it in. Half. I i went way too hard on my first one i split it in half i fermented, you know, did a secondary fermentation with one with cinnamon and the other half with honey. And, you know, I cracked the first one. I'm like, oh, this is so good. Same, literally same thing. And then I I bring a bottle to a, a, a friend's house and there's like three of us trying it. And a friend of mine takes a sip and he's like, dude all i'm getting is green apple just like Ooh, just no all i'm getting is acetaldehyde <laughs> and i'm like and i take a sip again i'm like oh my god you're right we we threw it out like we yeah. couldn't finish drinking it because it was so and you know i'm like blinded on my first no, taste 100 and so it's like i i totally totally related to that story it was like yeah dude my first beer it's so good yeah. it's like ah.
1: and 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 I, it makes you wonder like like I was homebrewing for a long time, like with rose-colored glasses, you know, like just family and friends over and over telling me, "Oh yeah, your beer's good." Like uh, America's Got Talent, that bad singer. But my parents said I was good. Your parents lied. Yeah, like, yeah you know. Yeah. And so, it's like, or they how? just didn't know, right? And <laughs> yeah. like, how many bad beers did I give to my friends, and they just <laughs> smile and nodded, like it was crazy. Uh, I would say my first best beer would have to be about seven years ago is when I wrote Forager, which is our flagship yeah. IPA. Um, The reason why, now Forager has changed crazy amounts since that day, mm-hmm. but that was the, I have an older brother um, who is very honest with me to a fault. Um, he was the first one who ever said my beer was trash. But when I gave him Forager, he took a sip of it and he goes, this is better than 85% of the stuff on the shelves right now. He's like, I would buy this. And I was like, oh, whoa. Like, <laughs> usually, you're, usually you're okay? just like, Are you, are yeah, you okay? Like- it's usually quiet or uh, disrespect. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't ready for that. Um, but no, like, and so that was, I went back to that beer and I, I was like, okay, this is the one that I'm going to take to like different homebrew you know clubs and like mm-hmm. you know okay hey guys can you really taste this for me and see like get like tear it apart type of stuff yeah. um and as time goes on you know through working with marshall and stuff we really fine-tuned it needed it to where it be and even when we came here with the new system we changed it all up but um that's the beer that i'm that's the beer that told me okay maybe i can do this yeah do you have a, a can lemon. of it um i have it on tap and i have it in crawlers Do you want to drink it? Can we taste it? Yeah, of course.
0: Yeah? You want to taste it? Yeah, I've I've had Forager. I think that was the first one um, that we had. Maybe Was that your first release, like, through Simple Machine after Black is Beautiful?
1: So, yeah. So, we did um, Black is Beautiful. Then we did Point of Convergence, which was the moment of Marshall and I coming together as one. Nice. Um, And then we came out Forager. Okay. Yeah. And we'll take a quick
0: break and run an ad. Then we'll come back with Tyler and a little sample of Forager.
1: All right. Sounds great.
0: I want to let you guys know about Dish Fest coming up on March 5th at Clayton House in Scottsdale. Dish Fest is a celebration of the best dishes around the valley. We're going to have at least 40 different food and drink vendors all under one roof at the Clayton House. Get your tickets now at tickets.phoenixmag.com. If you were there last year, you got a sample. Great stuff from Chula Seafood, Christopher's at Wrigley, wefton warp they're returning Weft and warp is returning this uh year for 2023 dish fest black sheep is returning Huss brewing will be there um phoenix beer co our arizona craft beer awards uh best in show winner great dishes we've lined up uh, caldwell county barbecue superstition Metery returns tia carmen one of our uh favorite new restaurants of the year they're all going to be there at dish fest coming up march 5th at clayton house in scottsdale you don't want to miss it get your tickets today at phoenixmag.com or log on to tickets.phoenixmag.com all right there under the dish fest
2: so real quick this is the rice and it is delightful. It's better than any rice I've ever had. Oh, thank you. And you had mentioned earlier, kind of why it's a little earthier. It's a little more flavorful. Can you?
1: Yeah. So um, talk about that shuwa shuwa Japanese Shua. rice lager. Yeah. Yep. So shuwa shuwa is actually the term um, for carbonation bubbles in Japanese. So I oh, thought cool. that was a fun name for it because it's supposed to be a really crispy beer. So it's very crispy. Um, but yeah. So what's really cool about this beer is um, we use a Japanese long grain jasmine rice. Um, and even just eating it, like if you were to do like a minute rice against a jasmine rice, like the flavorfulness is, you can't match it. Like there's an earthiness to it, there's a slight funk to it because of the way of the germination of the rice. Um, and so when we put it in this beer, you know, a lot of times if you see a rice lager, they're like crystal, crystal clear, maybe a little yellow tint to it. Ours is a little darker because of the rice we use. Um, and the nose is funky, but then it's, so there's a, a theory in Japanese cooking. Where you can make something smell so bad, but when you taste it, it actually like the smell and the taste are so completely different. But the reason why is because they play together, like it could be so delicious, but smell so bad. Um, Not saying our beer smells so bad, but the idea is that you smell it, you drink it, you're like that kind of funk turns into sweetness on the tongue. And it's crispy and it's such a cool experience. And um, it's really good. So, yeah, Shua Shua is a mainstay. We keep that on because we want people to experience that like all year round. Because it's, I believe, um, you know, I've had tons of rice lagers and I I really enjoy ours. And I think it's a really cool offering for people to be able to try something a little bit different. Totally. No, yeah, you got to
0: have different different stuff, in. uh you you've done a nice job with that. With different, you know, brown ales, lagers. Oh. This this is the ramen and OJ we were talking about earlier. Had it at Copper State. I really liked the. Uh, it's got kind of like a like a citrusy, but with a little bit of spice on the aroma. Um, and then it goes down so smooth and and just fresh and clean. It actually. I mean, you got to hurry up and open up that ramen shop because oh I want gosh. a bowl of ramen to yeah. go with this so yeah. bad. Same. And
1: so with, not not to get you excited, but um, one of the our aspects of the ramen shop that we're doing and anybody who has been to like a real ramen shop and not just like having maruchin at home or Top Ramen. Um, our goal is when we we're going to have like eight to ten different types of flavoring oils you can put on top of your ramen that pair with the beers that we have on tap. So it's going to be like a really cool cohesive experience yeah. that allows you to you know oh i'm having ramen and oj today all right so you're probably going to really want like a mild spicy and garlic you know chili oil yeah. you know instead or i'm having my stout today so we have this really cool you know brown sugar and shoyu sauce oil that you can put on top that plays well with that so it's going to be kind of a really cool experience yeah uh, no that's really cool it. so i'm stoked about that's it that's super cool
2: and what i like about this beer is it you're get yeah i get a lot of it. i mean it's all citrus But it's not, like, sweet. It's, like, really nicely to, I hate overusing the word, but it's really nicely balanced. and like, it's It's got the OJ flavor and the the citrus, but it's not, like, a glass of OJ. It's still a beer. Yeah. Which, it's very, very tasty.
1: No, and that's what's so cool. Like, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, Arizona and breweries and, you know, the stuff people are coming out with. And, uh, you know, just to pay homage to some of the cats in the game, like, hop chowder out of Goldwater. I mean, that beer is just, I'm balanced and just slap spellbinder winning freaking drew winning gold medals again you know spellbinder <laughs> and drew just just leave some for the rest You're of right. us drew yeah. well what's funny uh funny story about drew just real quick we actually went to elementary school together no way yeah so we were in the we're same at... second grade north ranch elementary school yeah. go <laughs> <laughs> wranglers <laughs> um, love it and it, so
0: their beer program is phenomenal is,
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> no and what's funny is dustin who uh owns lake pleasant went to horizon like, no way. And his wife and I went to high school together. I don't know what's in the water in the north side, but we're finally doing a rope oh. and breweries and the people need it. I went to Horizon too. So oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll start a brewery someday. Right? Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, there's so many cats out there doing such amazing things. And um, it's so cool that, like, we feel like we finally have dialed wow. in that we can be part of that echelon up there <clears throat> who's making oh. great tombstones, IPAs, and saying, you know, Marshall out there is making helical and all of this crazy hazies. It's, I mean, to finally feel like we can be part of that conversation yeah. and be part of that, you know, echelon of folks up there is really cool.
0: Do you have you named a lot of brewers uh, and beers? Do you have a favorite, air like local beer other than whatever you make? So yeah, I hate doing this. It's it's hard to pick. No, right?
1: I know exactly which one it is, but I don't want to say. I'm going to say it, but. It, he gives me crap about this all the time. He's like, oh, like he'll have one of my beers and he'll be like, oh, it's not this one. It, yeah, it is. It. I'm like, screw you. Organ Lots 2 double IPA from Tombstone. Heck yeah. Is the most, to me, is the most stupid double IPA of all time and stupid in a good way. Like, and so the GM of Tombstone lives up on this side and we, he's John Meredith, great buddy of mine, um, always comes by and we have beers and he always gives me crap about not quite organ lots yet. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then Rob Coat and Weedy, the brewers down there, just, yeah. I mean, talk about a wealth of information to be able to call those guys up and be like, hey, yeah. my fermentation's stuck. Like, oh, yeah. what do I got to do? He's like, well, you can either get screwed or – these three things that might kick it off again. Like, yeah. but to, I mean, like I said earlier, the community's awesome. Everyone's yeah. been open and, but organ lots too from tombstone. is I, I do love that beer
0: too. Yeah, when I first came out, man, so good. And um, so good. it's, it's almost like they, they just do that one. And they, because they used to do like a triple and a single with that, but yep. if you just do the double I and mean, we're just fine with that
1: all day long. Right. And to the point of when we opened, we only had eight beers on tap when we opened and I called down there. I'm like, can I get some Oregon lots that so I can just enjoy it myself up here as well? <laughs>
0: I like that, I too, because I mean, you you <laughs> lived in Oregon. I, I grew up in Oregon. I, I uh, grew up in Hillsborough, Oregon. Yeah, you yeah, probably know where, where that lived. is, yes, right? I, you so I always there? say
1: Portland, but no, it's like when you say I lived in Chicago. Yeah. And you're like, but did you really? You're or like, I lived in Phoenix, but you right. grew up in Mesa or Right. So I actually lived in Hillsborough. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So um, the uh, where was I going with that? The. um. Sorry. Yeah, no, it, there's there's a little bit of that kind of nostalgia for oh, it's kind of got that cool Oregon like trail logo on the thing on the can, and yeah. that kind of takes you back a little bit. And, like you, you have a little bit of pride of man, I I'm from the state where like these hops are making the beers that I love here in Arizona, and I, I always appreciate
1: that. No, and so when um I was telling you a little bit earlier about my brother, he lived in Seattle, so we would drive through we drive through Yakima Valley, mm-hmm. and like. I've driven by the Yakima Valley Hop Farms. And it's like, it's so crazy that, you know, I buy Yakima Valley Hops to make these beers and to know that I've seen the trusses where the hops are growing up and I've seen the trail of hundreds of pounds of hops on the ground as these trucks are transporting it. And you're just like, is this why my hops are so expensive? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you just left a thousand pound trail on the way there. Um, but no, it's it's super neat to your point to be able to, to see where some of this, stuff is actually grown and made um and then to be able to use it now down here is really super neat
2: yeah i think the other thing too is uh what i love about the arizona beer scene is so many people are using are making like arizona beers and that they're like using local ingredients and like bringing in local flavors and uh, do you have any beers that you think you're doing that or do you have plans to do something like that
1: so here like the issue is, and it's no different than what we're doing here with like, obviously a, a pint of my beer is gonna be more than a pint of Coors, right? Like that's just the fact of sure. the matter. And not to diminish quality by any means, but like my malters that I use, like they're a grander scale, so my the price is a little bit low. There's some like, um, oh, what is it? Uh, our, Grain R&D out of Phoenix. They are yep. making some great malts. Unfortunately, when we're just starting out, like every penny counts. So right. my hope is to be able to to splurge and do those things one day. Um, I've met with them a couple times. Amazing folks up there. Um, and it's just like I just I gotta figure out you know how maybe it's even adding like 10% American uh, American Arizona grain. Yeah, um, is something that. You know, in the interim, to maybe possibly do, but I would love to be able to make several of my beers, uh, some new beers that are just like straight out of Arizona.
2: Yeah, you know, it's something I've been thinking about. We have a lemon tree in the back in our backyard, and it produces like. A metric ton of lemons and i can never i mean i i love making lemonade but like i can't this too much (laughs) and i know a lot of people you know have a grapefruit tree that produces way more grapefruits than they could eat and like people are putting them out in boxes on the street like i've always wondered if it would i i don't know if any other breweries are doing it but like putting out like a community thing of like if you have extra citrus just bring it to like our brewery and we'll make a beer with this that's
0: what Hus does with um, senfo yeah their senfo citrus ipa they invite everyone to in central phoenix to bring all their grapefruit and lemon and that sort of that's
2: fun yeah well, no, that, if you want lemons, let me know, man,
0: because <laughs> my tree's about that, to fall that, over. That's the one free ingredient yeah. I think you can get in Arizona, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs>
1: lemons, making make a Rattler beer. The yeah, there you yeah. go.
2: That'd be tasty <laughs> I for think the summer, man. There,
1: there right.
0: are wild hops that grow out in like uh, like Greer and you know the White Mountains, and uh, but I think the Arizona Wilderness guys are out there picking it before anyone else gets well, out
1: there. Actually, so. what's super cool <laughs> is and spruce tips. Yeah, oh, exactly. So, uh, what are you back in Portland? Jeez. <laughs> uh, the Simple Machine crew actually every year uh does a hop picking like wild hops up north um and they they do enough to do like a, a little three barrel batch of lit like they pick them 24 hours later they're in the boil yeah. like it's really super neat mm-hmm. um i'm not gonna say where because number one i don't remember and i don't number two i don't want people to steal the hop so you're welcome marshall uh for my lack of remembrance <laughs> but um no like you know my hope one day is to be able to be big enough where we can call yakima Valley and be like we want to do a fresh hop beer yeah because um, those you know buying them it's not cheap so yeah we're all just trying to figure it out which is neat
2: is there um do hops not grow in like in the phoenix is it too hot like i i don't know much about what kind of environments hops grow it's, well in or
1: not. my assumption is it's too hot because in portland and, and in washington like you can literally put like a hop rhizome in and just leave it and never touch it again, and you'll have hops in two years. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. and so and here, I I just think it's probably just we probably will have to, be, to do uh, like indoor like sort of hydroponic yeah. type of thing if like, you like wanted an experimental
0: to do that. type thing. Yeah. And we won't yeah. be
1: making hops if we're doing that.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Nice. So
0: final nice. thing, we'll get you out of here on this, Tyler. So uh, doing some research um, about Kitsune, it popped up a lot of other breweries that also kind of use the kitsune
2: maybe we should start with telling us what kitsune is
0: what what is that it's so it's like you use the what the three-tailed fox kind of
1: deal right so yeah so we actually like are crossbreeding our interpretations there is the you know kitsune yokai that like as it gets older it gets the tails that's like the main folklore kitsune that a lot of people know it's like a spirit, right? Yeah. In Japanese folk- folklore. Yeah. So, um, but the kitsune that, like, when I think about where we are and what we're doing here, um, excuse me, is the kitsune that guards the Inari shrines. So, the Inari shrines is where the Japanese people go to pray for, like, agriculture, health, wealth, the community. And kind of as we talked a little bit, like, this, you know, not only just being here, now being at my community, this is where I grew up. Yeah. And so the idea was to bring the place back to where i grew up and to create a place people can come into and the kitsune is what guards this is is what's you know protecting what we're trying to build here. that's cool um it's the thought but like people see the logo they're like oh naruto and i'm like yes i love that too but no <laughs> you know but um but yeah so that's where our thought process for the okay. logo comes from very good
0: well we have um a little quiz i'll i'll tell you the the name of the beer the brewery and you tell me what city or country it might be in okay because they're using kitsune all around the world if you didn't know this, i do
1: yes i do some of it yeah
0: um how about this first one kitsume dreamer ipa from mars community brewing where they talk about like beer on mars i was gonna say it's like it's still on planet earth yeah Uh, um well give you a hint it's here in the u.s i was gonna say it feels like america it's a major city um, a lot of these I've never heard of some of these breweries
1: Dallas uh
0: it's in Chicago oh, so Mars Brewing uh, don't judge
1: me Chicago people so all right so <laughs>
0: another one that's that's a little bit international here a little okay. global um uh, and just reading the some of the description on this apparently it's three Japanese women that opened a brewery um in another country heck yeah. called Japas Brewery um and they brew a Kitsune Belgian Tripel.
1: Or triple. Do you say triple or triple? Tri- I've always said tripel. When I'm feeling fancy, I say triple. Yeah, yeah so totally. <laughs> just before I answer this question, I just have to—I do have to say this. So Marshall and I, for their three-year anniversary, we brewed a Belgian tripel, and so this was a. True, and those beers are out right now. They right? are out yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah, this is a true conversation we had. Are we calling it a tripel or a triple? I'm like, I mean, what are the, and the texting back and forth? I'm like, well, like how. Like how do people normally say oh they like say it both ways? I said, Well, we are bougie, so we're going with your pal. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Even the brewers themselves don't know how to say Here's some of the words, right? If it was
2: triple, it would be spelled P L E.
1: But they come out they can come out that way though right. too. But yeah. if
2: it's spelled P L
1: Your fans. Is pal? it is it double or Dubell? It's Dubell.
0: Dubell, right? Yeah, That's how I say it. Yeah.
2: If it was double, it'd be spelled D O U B
1: L E. I'm going against the grain. I'm going to say double.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I would say double if I were too. to make a Belgian double <laughs> or double. A Belgian Dubel. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think it's how you, how fancy you want to yeah. sound, right? Yeah, and I yeah. wanted to
1: sound. We yeah. we, we like wanted that. to sound fancy. It was the anniversary, man. Yeah, we got to be fancy. Yeah. Like you say, champagne
2: or champagne. I think you we know. say we say champagne. Um, <laughs> <all day. laughs>
0: so the, the sorry Kisuné, go back to the <laughs> Bel- the Kisuné belgian trappel from jappus brewery what country is that from well jappus feels like trappus
1: even though without a t it's it's Japas. Japas. Jappus. oh um dang
0: italy no it's uh brazil damn it i mean darn it wild 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 i gotta tell you real quick they opened up that in brazil but there you go just to interrupt
2: this ramen and oj i has gotten like it was good on the first
0: sip it's just gotten better and better thank you and better like i i'm telling you i i when i went to year 10 got that at copper state i urged my friends to go there and like here take a sip of this and I, they missed out cause they were, they were in line for another 10 and I'm like, you guys are missing out. You got to go try no, Tyler's beer.
1: That, you know, and that's, what's so, like I said, so cool about the Arizona beer industry. And I think people are finally starting to come on board and, and be a part of it is some of the new guys like myself, we were trained by the people you love. Right. And not, not necessarily trained, but like we were helped by the people you totally. love. So like, My hope is as people start seeing, like, my hope is that I get to help someone one day, right? Um, But, like, my IPAs and my beers are, are very, you know, I have my own recipes. I do my own things. But, like, when we start talking about, you know, salts and yeast and what we're doing with these different aspects of the brewing world, you know, it's not... Certain things aren't thrown at the wall. Yeah. Where it's like, I talked to Drew. I talked to Marshall. I talked to Rob and Weedy to try to figure out, okay, this is what I'm trying to go for. Can you help me get to where I'm at? So some of these new breweries, Lake Pleasant's a great example, out of the gate making beer. That slaps. That's so good. Mm, You know, Ryan Stanley, huge influence on me and stuff we've done up at Dark Sky. Like,
2: Dude, Dark Sky, man. Just making crazy beers. People, when they talk about Arizona beer... Everyone talks about Runhouse. Everyone talks about, you know, wilderness. Everyone talks about like, you know, kind of your, your greatest hits. Oop. But like, I feel like so often.
0: Okay. Did we lose something? I, I think I unplugged your microphone, you on. Mine? When? Oh, nope, you're good. I just tapped it. Was that recently
2: or, or have I been quiet? No, no, no I it was just
1: recently. No, this just um, happened.
2: You know, people talk about Arizona beer and they talk about like Runhouse house and all these like, Wilderness and all these
0: amazing breweries. Yeah, on, one second. I got one end? second. Yeah. Just I was gonna,
2: I'm just to Oh, yeah, he's, back. It, it yeah, wants, he's back. He wants The microphone's canceling me. <laughs> he's back. Um, but Dark Sky, man, like, I, I've spent so much time at that tap room, and I've every everything I've had of theirs is just unbelievable. Yeah. Like. Mm. And so, thank Big you fan. for
1: saying what what you said because. You know people see these new breweries and and I'll be honest with you, there was a time, like when I was living in Oregon, now seeing new breweries, I was like, oh man, like I hope they get it like I hope they you know I hope you know there's a few things and you can tell oh home brewer to you know professional there's a there's a leap there, and I will, will never forget this is my humbling story. I gave my rest I gave forger a recipe to Marshall, and he looked at it, and he's like. Do you want to make money on this beer? I'm like, yeah. yeah. He's like, then this isn't it because as a home brewer, you have you know six or seven different malts on your on your grain bill because you can because it's eight dollars. Um, but to be able to go in there and be like, hey man, your recipe is probably not what it needs to be, and then to go on to be able to redo it and fulfill it in your first professional marketplace, it's different than yeah. you know coming out of nowhere. And so I urge people to try the new spots yeah. because. They're doing some great stuff,
2: and some breweries do take a minute to kind of yep. you know ease into their into their uh, their space. And I don't fall. This is why I always try breweries a second or a third time. Like. Sure, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you guys are killing it right out of the gate. I remember last year at the Copper State Beer Festival, uh, it was uh, at Astra's first yep first festival, and I would never seen them and i went and i was like blown away by every, everything they were doing for sure and like sometimes it's when you go to a beer festival sometimes it's the tent that doesn't have a line that's yeah. gonna have better beer than the tent that has the biggest line
1: well like our tent like, was white we didn't have a tablecloth like <laughs> i get it like, just don't get it twisted. <laughs> you, you
0: were barely more dressed up than the steel cactus guys i think they just had like a piece of wood in
2: front. Yeah, yeah yeah well i just talked to that guy and he said he had uh built his jockey box like the day before yep. like just like patched it together but those
0: were like two of the best tents to get beer at yeah at and funny yeah.
1: story angelo the owner of yeah. steel cactus actually called me like a week before being like hey you doing a State?" i'm like yeah i think so he's like we're not really ready like as far as like tents and i go, like oh, dude me neither like let's just freaking go out yeah. there and do what we got to do <laughs> so, but steel cactus and angelo those guys like i said brand new cats out there yeah Angels saw the earth, dude. Making some great stuff. Make yeah. sure you check him out too. And Trevor's
2: uh, super fun too. I was in there the other day, and Trevor's the other owner. Oh yes. He's super nice guy, and I we we just hit it off right away. And they have like a bunch of homebrewing equipment in their in their like brewery air space that they're like gonna get rid of. And I'm like, is that a little like 10 gallon fermenter, cone you know conical fermenter that Can you're gonna it? try to sell? <laughs> I'm like,
1: no, yeah. set it aside. For me, please. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, cool so, Back to your question, yeah, We we just tanned, we just took the tangent. I apologize. We're vibing. It's cool. <laughs> so yeah,
0: no, I think we I think we hit it off. Like uh, Johan hit hit it off there. We hit it off here with Tyler, and we appreciate your time. Um, really great brewery here at 32nd street and bell kitsune brewing you guys are open most days during the week uh not on mondays though but uh close like mondays three yeah. o'clock uh most days two on friday noon on the weekends um get down here check it out make north phoenix your craft brewery destination yes at least once in a while and not not just stick to your your phoenix or your downtowns or your gilberts or your east valleys get up here to north phoenix check out the whole scene up here tyler thank you so much no, thanks thank for having guys. us in. No, thanks, thanks for your for time This was awesome out. i appreciate you guys and thanks for coming out cheers all right thanks to uh tyler for allowing us to come in and spend some time getting to know him and getting to know kitsune brewing a little bit more love their beers love the location recommend it 32nd street and bell right off the freeway the 51 next week we're going down to the east valley gonna chat with the owner and head brewer at uncle bears so look forward to that until then order me one